This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo, and we are officially less than five weeks away from the 2018 NFL Draft, and the jockeying has already begun. These past five days, two trades that will likely affect what happens on the night of April 26th have gone down. Late last week, the Jets traded their two second-round picks this year, plus their 2019 second-rounder, to the Colts in order to move up to the third spot to select a quarterback. And earlier today, the Giants, who owned the second overall pick in the draft, they traded away defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul and their 2018 fourth-rounder to the Buccaneers in exchange for Tampa's 2018 third- and fourth-round selections. I seriously cannot remember seeing this much movement at such a point before a draft, and above all, this is only the beginning. And while we await the next trade, we shall continue with the fifth installment of our 2018 Dash to the Draft series. Today, we will be analyzing this year's wide receiver and tight end classes with the help of Kevin Brown, who is an NFL draft analyst for ProFootballDraftZone.com. Welcome to the program, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, without further ado, let's talk about this wide receiver class. And it has recently been thought that wide receiver is one of the, quote, safest positions to draft. However, the past three drafts have shown that that's not necessarily the case. For example, five of the six receivers drafted in the first round in 2015 have not played up to their value. And Stephon Diggs, a fifth round pick, is arguably the best wide receiver from that draft class so far. Michael Thomas, a second-round pick in 2016, has clearly outplayed all four of the receivers picked in round one that year. And last year, three wide receivers, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross, went in the top ten, and they combined for only 470 receiving yards and zero touchdowns. Moreover, they were outproduced by Juju Smith-Schuster, a second-round pick for the Steelers, who caught seven touchdowns for 917 yards, and Cooper Cup, a third-round pick for the Rams, who caught five touchdowns and 869 receiving yards. And this 2018 wide receiver crop, according to many, is deep, yet lacks star power. Is this another year for wide receiver DD teams to wait on wide receivers until day two or day three? I, I think uh, this year's crop is very similar to what you just described. There are, there are you know, natural slotting of, of the top guys. But I think there will prove to be better quality guys that go in the second and third round. And, you know, maybe some of those top guys, you know, maybe won't pan out so well. So much of it depends on where they land, the system they they go to, the team, the quarterback, stuff like that. But it's a deep year for receivers. Um, it'll It'll be interesting to see which ones really pan out and which ones don't. It absolutely will be, and we will get into team fits later on in the program. But uh, moving on to the guy that has been expected to be the first wide receiver off the board for quite some time, and that is Alabama's Calvin Ridley. However, his slender build at 189 pounds to be exact, he posted average combine numbers as, as well, and his advanced age, he will be 24 this year. Those factors might give teams some pause. Would it surprise you if Maryland's DJ Moore, a receiver that's reportedly rising up draft boards around the league, ends up being selected before Calvin Ridley? That would not shock me. Um, I, I, I like Moore's upside better than Ridley's. Um, Ridley's a well-rounded, polished receiver, had some drops this year. Um, Moore has a lot of talent, and uh, you know, if those guys had played in opposite programs, I think it'd 
they'd be ranked the other way around. Yes, and what what makes you like DJ Moore's upside better than Calvin Ridley's? Um, he's just he seems um, he's he's very explosive. He's got you know thirty nine and a half inch vertical. Um, he he ran well. He's well built. He's he's uh, a good run after the catch guy. <clears throat> um, I just I, I just I just like everything about him. He's uh, he's a very solid all around receiver. Thank you for that analysis, Kevin. And after Ridley and Moore, there are three other wide receivers that are likely to go early on day two at the latest: Cortland Sutton of SMU, Christian Kirk of Texas A&M, and James Washington of Oklahoma State. Give us your views on each of them, and can any of them sneak into the tail end of round one? Um. It's it's possible, but the the way wide receivers go, they tend to they tend to last a little longer. And uh, you know those guys I see as like early second um, early second round guys. Um, Kirk is is a great uh, slot guy, can play outside too. Uh, stocky, well built, uh, quick, good return skills. Um, you know, a team looking for a slot receiver, a great fit. Uh, Cortland Sutton, <clears throat> big, nice catch radius, good hands, good run after the catch. Um, you know, a real uh, nice target for a quarterback because of that size. Uh, very productive. And uh, James Washington, kind of an unusual build for a receiver. He's almost built more like a running back. Made a lot of big plays for Oklahoma State. Uh, very good run after the catch, physical kind of receiver. Um, you know, all three of those guys are really solid prospects. I would say, you know, early early to mid-second round. They most certainly are, and it will definitely be interesting, as you said, to see where they end up. And moving on to this tight end class for a moment, and a friend of the show and NFL insider Eric Trickle said on our free agency special that the NFL doesn't seem as high on this tight end class as draft Twitter is. Um, what are your impressions of this crop of tight ends? Um, well, there, there's um, there's some good pass catching tight ends. There's not very many all around tight ends. It's it's I would say it's kind of a modest crop, fairly deep with some pass catching types, but. Uh, no truly complete, flawless prospects that are surefire round one guys at all. Yes, yeah, and if there were any tight ends worth, say, a late day one or early day two pick, who would they be and why? Well, I think that the three top top guys uh, from what I've seen is uh, Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. Uh, great speed, good run after the catch. Uh, some blocking ability and potential to get better there. Uh, Dallas Godert from South Dakota State, excellent pass catcher, uh, excellent hands, not used very much as a blocker. Mark Andrews is a sort of a hybrid wide receiver tight end, also very good pass catcher. Those three guys to me are, are kind of the, the top echelon. And then, uh, of course, Mike Gesicki, who had a great combine workout, also a very productive player. Uh, but none of those four guys are real proven blockers yet. They, they got a long ways to go to be used as inline blockers. 
but some some teams just need a move tight end, uh, a guy that can create some separation in the secondary and get downfield, and you know all those those four guys can all really provide some of that. Yes, and that's why they might end up getting drafted earlier than some expect. And we mentioned Stephon Diggs early in the program. He was a day three steal by the Vikings, and he is now one of the best wide receivers in the league. And also, you can't forget Antonio Brown was a sixth-round pick, and he's arguably the best wide receiver since Jerry Rice. What are the best potential values on day three of the draft at wide receiver this year? Well, um, Anthony Miller from Memphis is a guy a lot like that. Um, you know, not great size, not great stopwatch speed, but a very productive, shifty, nifty player. Um, I, I think he's he's going to be a good bargain if he lasts too long. Um, let's see, Kiki Kuti from Texas Tech, great vertical threat, deep speed guy. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of depth. You know, I'd say once you get past, say, third, fourth round, you know, from Deion Kane from Clemson, Deshaun Hamilton, Penn State, Michael Gallup, Colorado State, uh, Traquan Smith, Central Florida. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that, that uh, you know, like we talked at the top here, could turn out to be better than some of the earlier guys taken. Most definitely. And what about potential day three values for tight end? Um, <clears throat> I really like uh, Durham Smythe as an overall tight end. He might be the best all-around tight end in this draft. Ian Thomas is a, is a very good pass-catching threat, uh, above-average blocker, a um, lot of upside there. Um Fumagalli from uh, Wisconsin is a pretty good prospect. Disley is a good is a good uh, pass catcher, not great speed and separation. Good upside as a blocker. Uh, Christopher Herndon is a is a good uh, move tight end prospect. Uh, kind of like Jordan Thomas from Mississippi State, as a you know he he was more of a wide receiver almost, but he's like six five and a half, two sixty five. Uh, but ran a four seven four at the combine. He's he could be a kind of a sleeper type. He is Kevin Brown, ProFootballDraftZone.com. You can follow him on Twitter at NFL Draftnik. And Kevin, now we'd like to play one of my favorite games on this program. It is called Buy or Sell. I'm going to just name a prospect, and you tell me whether you buy or sell his potential in the NFL. Starting with another guy who's probably rising up draft boards now, DJ Chark of LSU. Buy. Yeah, and why do you buy DJ Chark? Um, he's got a terrific skill set. I mean, 6'3", 200 pounds, ran under 4'4", made a lot of plays, showed some toughness, showed some nuance to his game. Um, he, he, he's got a lot of upside, a lot of upside. He most certainly does, and I saw that upside with my own two eyes at the Senior Bowl, and I also saw the upside of this guy at the Senior Bowl, Deshaun Hamilton, buy or sell? Um, I'm going to sell on that one. Uh, uh, I just I don't see the the suddenness of the elite guys there. Um, 
I, I just see him as being maybe a little bit more of just a possession guy, not uh, not a playmaker, not a guy who creates a, a ton on his own. But um, very productive, good program, uh, solid fundamentals. I just don't know how high the ceiling is with him. Uh, yes, he could be a very good uh, slot receiver that can move the chains on third downs, but uh, he might not have that much potential above that. You're, you could be right there. Uh, what about Equinemius St. Brown of Notre Dame, buy or sell? Um, buy as long as it's not too early. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, um, you know, great, great size, size potential, speed. Um, he needs to get get stronger, build his body up a little bit. Um. You know, needs some refinement. Wasn't a super producer. Didn't didn't dominate. You know the way maybe you'd like, uh, but you know that that could be guys around him too. Uh, quarterback getting him the ball, um, but you know a guy that's six five, you know, and runs under four five like that. That's he could be open even when he's covered. So there's a lot of potential there. There most certainly is. And another guy with uh, super high potential that wowed at the East-West Shrine game and should have gone to the Senior Bowl, in my humble opinion, Doris Fountain of Northern Iowa, buy or sell? Um, I haven't seen a ton of him, but um, great, great numbers, uh, great, good production, nice size, speed, um, needs some polish and refinement. Um, I, I would buy you know, in the mid to late rounds. I think he'd be a great bargain. He's a guy that if uh, if he can just, uh, you know, take, take on a backup role uh, for a year, um, second year, you could have something really special. That is a definite possibility with Doris Fountain. And Trequan Smith, who we mentioned earlier from Central Florida, do you buy or sell? I, I would buy on Trequan Smith. Uh, like him a lot. Uh, really nice size, made a lot of big plays, um, needs some polish and refinement. Um, but, you know, if, if he gets in a good situation with a good good coaching staff and gets uh, some time to learn the system, uh, I think he's got a lot of upside potential. And do you buy or sell Mike Jasicki? Um. It depends on what I what I need for a tight end. Um, if I, I'd buy, I would buy Gasicki. He's uh, I, I like the passion that he plays the game with. Um, he's, a, he's a good receiver. He stays on his feet, fights for yards after catch. He just he plays with a lot of fire. I think I think he helps elevate the spirit of the team around him. Um, I'm I'm in on him. Uh, yes, especially as a move tight end, correct? Yes. Yep, exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. because uh, his blocking is what might push him down draft boards, as Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting told us on our program a couple weeks back. And you also mentioned Will Disley from Washington. Buy or sell? Um, uh, later on, I I'd buy. I I like what I saw of him. Um, you know, he's he's kind of he's he's built like a former offensive lineman, uh, but he catches the ball really well. Uh, pretty decent blocker. Uh, more of just kind of a bully style blocker, not a crafty technician just yet. Um, but you know, a lot lot better receiver than you'd presume he is. You know, catches the ball nicely. You know, he's if you're looking for a more traditional tight end, <clears throat> you know, he's he's a good fit for you there. 
Yes, and speaking of a tight end that could appear to be a more traditional tight end, Ian Thomas of Indiana, buy or sell? Uh, buy. Uh, like him, like him a lot. Uh, very athletic, uh, good, good vertical. You know, ability to stretch the defense, get downfield. Uh, good hands, good run after the catch. Decent blocker. Um, I, I like Ian Thomas. Yes, and last but not least, we conclude our buy or sell game with another Stanford tight end, Dalton Schultz. Buy or sell? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go sell on on Schultz. Uh, I like his size and uh, you know his straight line speed, but um, I I just I don't see the the suddenness and the niftiness. Um, he just seems a little stiff to me. So I I don't. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not that high on him as some are. Kevin, we thank you once again for joining the program, but before you go, uh, we need to uh, play another game, and this is called the Best Team Fits, in which I just name a prospect, and you just uh, give us your opinion as to what team they are most likely to succeed with, starting with Calvin Ridley. Um, I like him for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, and why is that? Um, I, I just, you know, I think, I think his polish and everything, um, he, he's, you know, he's ready to play right away. And I think Dallas needs a receiver that has some size, some separation quickness and some playmaking skills. They need a guy that can step in right away and play not, not a developmental prospect kind of a guy with tremendous upside. They, they need an early contributor. I like Ridley for Dallas. Yes, and I'm sure Dak Prescott will welcome that. How about DJ Moore? Hmm. Well, I think um, DJ Moore is going to be more of a – I think he slips into the bottom of round one. So I'm trying to think of uh, teams down there. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like that end up with, say, the – say the Eagles, uh, which seems almost unfair. Um, oh, but, especially but after I, they got Mike Wallace today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, he's he's a good fit for just about anybody. Um, yeah, late, late one, early two. Yes, and what about Christian Kirk? Um... <clears throat> For some reason, I think I think 49ers when I think of Christian Kirk. Um, you know, what I can envision uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan doing with him, uh, the addition of Jarek McKinnon there uh, with Garoppolo, uh, move around, playmaker kind of a guy that can go in motion a lot, can line up wide, can work the slot. Uh, I, I think he'd be a, a, just a big playmaker with the 49ers. Oh, absolutely. Shanahan would definitely know how to use him. What about Cortland Sutton? Um, <laughs> Cortland Sutton. I'm going to say Detroit Lions. Um, oh, he and Kenny Galladay would be a dream for Stafford in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another, another big guy. Um, you know, I think I think Stafford's kind of a kind of a gunslinger at heart, and Sutton's the kind of guy 
that that you can you can do that with. You can you can throw it up there even if if he's not wide open. Yes, and what about Dallas Godert? Um, Godert. I like Godert for the Vikings, um, who really, really they've got a good tight end in Kyle Rudolph, but they really need. Um, a receiver guy, a guy that can move around and stretch the field and and uh, be just a, a up-the-field go-to receiver type. Yes. And I think that's what Godert is. Yes, and if he does go to the Vikings, do you think Godert will probably be like the move tight end because they were interested in Trey Burton in free agency, yep. so uh, he'll yep. probably play that role? Exactly, exactly. They, they have uh, Rudolph and, and David Morgan. Who's a good inline fullback blocker type? Uh, problem is him and Rudolph cannot get separation naturally, and uh, they they need somebody who can do that that can run away from people. Yes, and it doesn't hurt to get a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who's a very very good player, by the way. Some additional help uh, that way because uh, given with all the weapons around him, adding another one will only help the Vikings in their quest to win their first ever Super Bowl and best possible fit for Hayden Hurst. Um, Aiden <laughs> Hurst. How about the Raiders there? Um, yeah, the Raiders need somebody who could uh, catch balls because Gruden seems to be hell bent on making this team play Jeff Fisher ball. They need they yep, need a, a, yep. a field stretching weapon. <laughs> well, and. <laughs> It just it just dawns on me like Gruden seems to like older guys and uh, and Hayden Hurst will be like a twenty five year old rookie so <laughs> maybe maybe that's a fit but you know he'd be he'd be a great a great help to uh, to Carr there um, you know uh, a really good pass catching tight end with yes. uh, some vertical stretch there he he would help that offense a lot. I agree, especially given the fact that uh, Jared Cook is in the last year of his contract and uh, Clive Walford hasn't panned out whatsoever. What about yep. the best possible team fit for Mike Jasicki? Um, you know, he seems like very much like a Pittsburgh Steelers kind of player. You know, Penn Ooh. State Steelers. Um, but he doesn't block. That doesn't seem like a stretch to me. Uh, no, he's not. He's not a great blocker, but um as a pass catcher um I, I like him there yes hopefully the Steelers do too for Big Ben's sake and last but not least best possible fit for Mark Andrews how about um how about Atlanta Yes, especially with them getting rid of Levine Toilolo, they could use another safety blanket over the middle for Matt Ryan. That is a very yeah. good point, um, yeah. Kevin. And he is Kevin Brown, ladies and gentlemen, of ProFootballDraftZone.com. You can follow him on Twitter at NFL Draftic. He is a must-follow for this NFL Draft season and NFL Draft seasons to come. Kevin, we thank you so much for joining the show, and we hope to have you on again in the very near future. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Kevin, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D. Crom. But we will be back with more of our Dash to the Draft series next week, so stay tuned. 
Also, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Kevin, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Kevin Brown, our producer Chris Broadhead, I'm David Cromwell saying so long and, of course, stay awesome.